0: Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy Podcast. My name is Michael and I'm back tonight for a special The Review episode with sort of an indie RPG, a one-person solo journaling game which also has a two-player alternate rule set which we'll talk about. The name of the game is Lost Among the Starlit Wreckage. And it was primarily written and designed by Seamus Connolly. Joining me tonight, as usual, is my co-host Tom. Tom, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. So, Tom, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm excited that we're going to be
1: able to talk about this game. I've wanted to kind of expand our horizons about what games that we talk about for the reviews. And Seamus reached out to us with this game. uh, And... I'm like, okay, this kind of seems like something in my wheelhouse, so we checked it out, and so I'm excited to talk
0: about it. Uh, I am as well, and, and I agree. Like, I want our reviews to be very broadly like across the spectrum. I, I mean, we're probably going to keep reviewing D&D stuff because they keep sending it to us, and I'm very thankful for that, but... I would love to review all sorts of games, either from either mid tier publishers, like we're going to do a one ring review mm-hmm. soon, but games like this as well. Absolutely. We are interested in doing these. So please, you know, again, Seamus did the right thing. He approached us, and said, Hey, I got this game. Are you interested? He sent us a copy. We played it and we want to talk about it. It's really just that simple. Yep. But with always, we will put the caveat out there. If we just don't like something, We're not going to review it. So you're never going to hear about those games. Now, that's not to say we can't be critical about the games that we review. But if our overall review was going to be less than a C, then we just don't talk about it.
1: Yeah, if your game is trash, we just will say,
0: thanks. <laughs> yes, but we're not going to say it's trash or, yeah. or our opinion of it is that it's trash, right? Um, so we're not going to like backhand compliment or backhand like say, yeah, we got this game from so-and-so, but we're not reviewing it. So it just, it will never be mentioned by us if you choose to mention it's on you. But <laughs> if you were interested in having your game reviewed by us, please just send me an email, therpgacademy at gmail.com. And, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, secondly, we want to talk a little bit about this game in particular, because it is the first time we've done a game of this size and scope. It's like a 35 page PDF game. We are not going to review it in the same format that we normally do for our larger, like top tier publisher games where we have multiple breakdowns of sections. We're just going to talk about the game, what we like, what maybe we think could be better. And then we're going to give it an overall rating. Yep.
1: Yeah, it's completely, it's a different, it's a different animal. So I think we need a different approach. So
0: I agree. I think so as well. Uh, So how would you describe this game for someone who's not yet played it? I guess, so there's multiple things. There's the fact that it's a solo journaling game, if you want to talk a little bit about what that means, and then what this game particularly is about.
1: Yeah, so I think the first thing that, first we have to define what style of game this is. So this game is pitched as a, or one to two person game. It is primarily focused on the one person aspect of the game. And the second player can join in, you know, if you've got a friend over and you want to play this with them. The, the game is, uh, played using, uh, a standard deck of playing cards, uh, some D6 and some 10 tokens. So I've played a bunch of solo RPGs and what a solo RPG is, it's a experience for you to sit down. And tell a story. Typically, those are it's done through the vein of like journaling, which kind of makes sense because then you can take on a first person uh, aspect and write down in what you're what you're experiencing during the game. It's different than a solo game that is, say, you're the author telling a story. So a lot of games are very much solo games are geared toward this journaling aspect, and this is also geared toward it. Your character in the game is not necessarily writing down in a book. The way that this is played out is your character is sending out audio messages because their mech, your mech pilot has wrecked. It is your mech is beyond repair and hopefully somebody is coming to rescue you. So in between being rescued, what you're trying to do is keep your mech from exploding and in between these times of chaos you're sending out messages either calls for help moments of desperation moments of uh recollection and uh quiet reflection like that so it's a it's an interesting game uh to can be you can play it a few a bunch of different ways i played it very emotionally uh i think the best way to kind of explain this game though is i'm i want to read like the very first paragraph here in the description. I think this will give you a good idea of what this game's all about. Sure. It says, You're a mecha pilot, and you've piloted your humanoid machine across the surface of the Earth through the void of space and among the shattered hulls of space colonies. You've fought a war that has seen cities consumed by fire, fleets of ships struck down by energy weapons, and mecha-immolated by their own stricken reactors. You've survived all the way to today, the last battle of war, waged in the void. Now your survival is more uncertain than it has ever been. So you're playing an experienced player, an experienced character here, who is now, has for years had their their, their life under control, and now they don't. That's kind of the overall aspect of the game. So, Michael, I wanted to ask you then, you've never done one of these solo rpgs correct not necessarily this game like talking about the game itself but what was that experience like for you can you tell me like how did you play it like did you sit down in a quiet space uh what did you feel playing it did you write it down in a journal you the, the, that's i just want to know what your experience was like
0: yeah, so I have I've I've been around games like this, so I know of them. I know of a couple in particular people have talked to me about their experience playing. And I'm even somewhat familiar with a two player game. I think it was featured on She's a Super Geek years ago that has sort of a similar theme where you are two people on the space station, I think running out of oxygen and you're like talking to each other. Okay. So it, it's got some, some civil similarities to that. Uh, but in this particular case, yeah, I went to my game room. Uh, I, I was, I was alone. I got, out, I had my computer, which had the, the rules on it. I got the deck of cards out, which we'll talk about in a minute, how the game mechanics work. And I went through the first Six rounds, the game is divided into 10 rounds, and then I had to take a break. And it was a couple days later that I got to come back and finish. And I did find myself thinking back to the first half of the game on occasion. Like, you know, in that, that time away, I was working and doing things with the kids and all that, you know, just living life. But occasionally I would think back to... The game, knowing that I wanted to finish it, but also kind of reflecting on what I had already done and kind of thinking ahead to like what the next parts might be. I did write them out. So again, I had my, my laptop with me. So when I, when I went to my section, I didn't handwrite them because my handwriting is atrocious. I would not be able to read it. So I typed it out. And I will say probably for me, if I were to do it again, I would not write it. I would use Audacity and I would actually record myself audio and I think that would be for me personally a much better experience cuz I cuz in my head that's what I was doing. So again the setup is I'm in my mech it's floating through the void of space. I don't know if I'm going to be rescued and I'm just you know talking into my, my walkie or my mic or whatever it is, you know trying hoping someone will hear me. And so I'm trying to write in that voice. So what I started doing was actually saying I like I was out loud saying like I would, like, like I would mimic you know, hitting like a CB radio and I would just talk and then I would write what I had said. So for me, it would have been probably a better conversion to skip the middle part or the second part and just record myself doing the audio. I think that actually would have been kind of cool. I wish I had done that to be able to listen back to it.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. So actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I actually have like thought about going through what I wrote down in my journal and kind of recording it as a almost like a just an audio fiction for myself like mm-hmm. it's just something i want to do for myself i think what you're talking about is super cool it gave me vibes of the wretched which is another solo rpg which you're supposed to use a mic and it's got it that that one has a jenga tower too you would really like that michael oh i love uh, that yeah so you no, know, for me i i love my uh i love my tabletop rpg journals that i have and my handwriting isn't the greatest but it's not bad it's legible and i'm a big fountain pen nerd so that's mm. i love solo rpgs because it gives me a chance to just write stuff down <laughs> so i hate to try out new pens and stuff that's how i wrote i played it i played it i wrote everything down but it was very much uh i kind of had the idea thinking in my head that i was very much like like you were saying recording something i on it, and that's how I wrote too. Like I was talking, so mm. uh, that's that's how I played. I played it in one sitting. My sitting, my game went pretty quick actually because I died pretty quick, um, which I was glad I did. It it was perfect timing and whatnot for me. So I guess really what we'll talk about before we get too much too further into, it, I want to just give a quick breakdown of the rules, just very high level. Sure, the game is played over three sections all right and then each of those sections are repeated at a maximum of 10 rounds so first is making repairs so
0: well yeah yeah so the first thing you do is got to create your character and then this is like very basically like create a name create a call sign that's pretty much all you got to do then you got to create your mecca which is then that's where you lay out the cards and then you go into those three sections
1: exactly so you lay out these cards you lay out some cards it's a tableau of cards and then what you do then is these cards represent your mecca And if all the cards are gone, basically your mecha is destroyed. And then over the course of play, what you're going to do the first round is you make repairs. So you draw cards out of the deck, and then you repair your mecha based on matching suits. And then what you do is the second round, which is transmission. So you look at the value of the card that you use for making a repair. And then you follow a prompt that is in the book based on the value of the card. And that's what you use to actually write down in your journal. So it'll be like a question, like, uh, What was your last mission in the war? Or what were you fighting for? There's, ton, there's a bunch of different prompts in there.
0: Right. There's like three or four questions for every value of the card, ace through king.
1: Yes. And then you have the system failure, which is this is your mecha starting to break down. This is where you will roll a d6. Then you will draw that many cards. And then what you'll do is you'll look at those cards. And then if there's a match of the value of the card you just drew out on the table, you basically pick that up off the table. You've now removed a card from your mecca, and then after that, you place another token on the table. Once you have 10 tokens out there, the game is over, and you have been rescued. And that's the very high level of how this game is played. So drawing cards, writing down prompts, and then hopefully you last 10 rounds. Um
0: uh the the book does say that the mechanics were inspired by the Chain Oak. I'm not familiar with that game so I don't know if this is like very similar to that or if it's inspired by but this is the first time I've experienced a game like this using cards in this manner and I actually thought it was a pretty clever way to represent your Mecca. You do literally get to see, you know, you can you can very easily let your eye, soft, your eye soft focus and rather than seeing cards, you're seeing panels, you know, in your mech. And I, I thought it worked really well, actually.
1: There was a certain, there's, I love this, having the cards out in front of you. It's like, this is the first part of setup. You put all these cards out there. There's a physicality to this. So it is a representation of your Mecca, something that you can see One of the problems that I have with a lot of solo RPGs, and I've only played a hand, I've played like four or five other solo RPGs. I've played Thousand-Year-Old Vampire, like one of the most famous solo RPGs. And that's a tricky game compared to this because there isn't a, you're just writing the entire time. With this though, I felt like this is an easy game to get into if you've never played a solo RPG before because there is something that you can see on the table it it just helped me get into the game super quickly and i i love that so much as my as system failures are happening and i'm pulling cards away that was inspiring me for what i'm writing so like I was losing a bunch of cards at the bottom. So I was describing it as I was losing my legs of my mecha, like mm. power was failing, cooling systems are going bad, all these different things. And the, I called them the, the lower extremities. So <sighs> the, yeah. So, uh, the having the tableau of cards, I thought was mm. awesome. How did you find this, Michael, as far as the, uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this as far as the, the rules. Do you think that they facilitated and helped you get into the game and act like the game master would? Uh, I want to say
0: yes. Okay. Again, I did like the rules. I did like the way it worked. I, I like you. I could kind of visualize what was happening. I thought it was, it was simple, but it was effective. But I will say I had a a harder time figuring out the rules than I think was necessary. Part of that is I'm dumb. So I always want to preference everything with saying I understand that I'm not a smart person sometimes. And maybe I'm just dumb. But I had to reread the rules about three times to make sure I was doing it right. Even though it was ultimately simple. And once I had it down, I had it down. There was something about the way the rules were written that didn't work for me. And it was a little bit... I feel like as simple as it was, it could have been written and explained better. I'm not saying I could write it better, but I feel like there was a way for it to have been written to be a little bit more clear. Not that it's terrible, but just it would have saved me probably the third reread before I got it.
1: I absolutely agree with you. Uh, the uh, So... I started reading the rules and it's it's a very short, it's very short, it's thirty-five pages with the covers and indexes and the blank pages and everything. It's very short, it's very condensed. Um there was I got to a point early on when it got to the playing the game section, uh, that I I maybe I I was having a I was I had a headache. I so I will preface with that. But the yeah, I agree. There was something about how the information was originally presented that made it hard for me to grasp until I read everything cover to cover, which I don't know. I mean, yeah, you should read everything, but I would have liked some understanding of the general structure to kind of help me understand What the other rules were trying to communicate. Uh, I think one of the big, like one of the big things for me was when the, in the, for, if we wanted to talk about specifics was the making repair section. This is that first round. It talks about if you pull a joker, you place an additional token on the board. At this point, tokens have not been mentioned at all. I was like, an additional token. Was I supposed to place a token already? And so I was very, I got really confused and then I was like trying to figure out where these tokens were. And then I got to the very end and I read the, under the uh system failure where if you succeed, you place a token. Once you have 10 tokens, then you have succeeded. And I was like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. So when I'm doing my making repairs, me pulling a joker means I did really good at my repairs. So I'm placing an additional token. So, Uh, Yeah, no, I agree. It's really hard to do uh, communicating rules uh, because everybody... I'm
0: currently writing a game. I get it. It's really hard because, like, I can explain it to you, but how do I write that down in a way that isn't dumbing it down too much, but also conveying information? And some of this is nitpicky. Um, For example, one of my little nitpicks is when you first lay out the tableau of cards... You take one Joker and you put it in the center. And then by the text, it says then you you deal out 24 other cards making a 5 by 5 matrix with that Joker being in the center, right? Then it says, then turn all the cards up. Ah. That is a very unnecessary step because the value (laughs) of the cards don't mean anything yet. Like, it doesn't matter if the two is in a certain place, or the jacks in a certain place or whatever. There's no like shock or like, Oh, okay. My, you know, now I see how my board is laid out. That doesn't mean anything. So you should just deal them out face up. Yeah. I know that's silly, but the way the rules are, are written, you do it that way. And it, it's just an unnecessary step. So that's, that's one little small thing. And then they also use the word uh, repairs and in one place they say patched. Which I'm like, what does that mean? And it's pretty obvious what it is. But again, you were talking about game terms. Is there a particular rule for patch? No, it's basically if a, if it's been repaired, it has been patched. So it uses those two terms interchangeably in one instance. And it it really like I had to go back and start rereading the book because kind of like you with tokens. I'm like, crap, what did I what did I miss? Where, what does this patched mean? And it it just should have said you know patch like in parentheses previously repaired, and then it would have been fine. Yeah.
1: For me personally, so I definitely, but thankfully it was, it's the rules are so short. I was able to just read through them and then read through them again. And I understood it and it didn't take a whole lot of time investment. And I'm glad I did because once I understood what was going on, it just went so smoothly. It just worked so well. This whole idea of it was very satisfying doing Repairs, transmission, system failure, repairs, transmission, system failure. So I'm going to go back to a thousand year old vampire again, because this is the one that everybody knows is that game is very much not like this. Uh, it's a complete, it's a different style and it's very much more, there's a lot more up for interpretation based on what you write. Uh, so it's more of prompts there. This game felt very mechanical and i don't mean crunchy in the sense of like there's a ton of rules it very much felt like clockwork where i was being restrained in a good way where i my mind wasn't wandering or trying to figure out what i need to do next it was so it made for this very quick satisfying gameplay that i really enjoyed with a solo rpg
0: Great. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no,
1: well one of the other things, so I want to talk about so the Joker aspect of this game. All right. Yes. So Yeah, so yeah. So right. the Joker aspect of this game, it is it's what uh made the game good for me. So the whole idea is that you have a joker and it represents your reactor. And I thought that I didn't think that my Joker could just I could draw a Joker during the system failure and I would just die. All right, which is yeah. totally something that happens. And I read this, right. so this is not something. But, yeah.
0: I'm sorry. So just, again, just to clarify, I, I think it's a, an optional rule, but it's the one I think we both played with that for the first five rounds or five tokens, if you draw a joker, you get an extra token. Well, so I like on round one, if you draw a token, you get an extra token. So it actually would speed you up towards the end of the game. After the fifth draw, that is when the joker basically becomes an automatic death. If you draw the joker, you're dead.
1: So I didn't play that way. All right. So, oh, okay. cause I died in around four. All right. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no. So the whole idea is like, I, it was, this is not something that where it was before where I was like confused about a rule. I read this. I knew this. I just, as I started playing, I just completely forgot about it. So the Joker came up. I was, what was happening was I did this. I did a great making repairs. I did some system failures where nothing was. When nothing got destroyed, I was like, "This is great." So in my journal, I start writing about, "Oh, okay, hold on, I'm getting everything under control. It's all going smoothly now." And then I drew a Joker. So it was this very. It, I was just like, in the moment, I was just like, "Oh my word, I'm dead." So it was just, it was this roller coaster that I, I was, it was just. It was a an amazing experience for me personally.
0: Very cool. So I played with the optional rule, or at least I think it's an optional rule, where for the first five rounds, the Joker, if you draw it during the the system failure portion of the game, it just gives you an extra token. So it yep. actually speeds you along closer to the end of the game. You have less rounds you have to draw. I drew a Joker one time during the first five rounds. So I got my extra token and then on round eight which for me would have been round nine because i had an extra token i drew it again and died so i also died before the end of the game which is what i wanted like when i sat down this game i wanted my character to die that's that's what i was hoping would happen but it does make me wonder since it happened to both of us like, I don't know the math. Like, I, I play cards. I get that, you know, basically you have one out of 24 chance to draw the Joker. And then you have less, depending on if you've been making a lot of repairs and there's more cards. But then you have less if you've had sections that have come off because that can happen. But I'm just wondering, like, how often do you play the game where you actually get through all 10 rounds without drawing a Joker and dying? And Does that even matter? Like, again, I wanted to die. So I got the experience I wanted. But I'm just curious what, what the actual math would be on how survivable the game is.
1: I don't think it's very survivable. And I got the idea that that was the design intent, that you were not supposed to survive. Because it's more of like a, uh you're trying to remember the past with this game. Think about your previous... All the prompts were kind of very much focused towards your previous experiences in this moment of recollection, hopefully that you maybe come to this epiphany of like what your life was really meant to be before you die, kind of thing. The but this is very much a trope in Mecca stuff, and so I wanted to ask. So that we're we're gonna do some anecdotal stuff. So Michael, what's your previous experience with Mecca?
0: Almost none. I think I played Battletech RPG like one time back in like high school and I don't think we played it right. In fact, I don't even know if we got through character generation and I've done the, like the pod style battle mech game. They have it at Gen Con. I didn't play it there, but I played that. If if you're familiar, you actually, you get inside like this little pod and then you're actually like a mech and it's like a big, you know, multiplayer battle thing. And that's it. I have read none of the fiction. I have no personal particular you know, love for it. I know there's like Gungam or whatever. Uh, Gundam? The Gundam, yeah. I, yep. I know of it. I've never watched an episode. I don't know anything about the characters. So, yeah, I'm basically outside of that kingdom okay. completely. That,
1: I, that's interesting then. Uh, so do you think that not having this extensive mecha experience, like, do you think that informed how you played? Do you feel like you still had a satisfying gameplay experience then, not having that previous mecha knowledge?
0: I do because the the mecca aspect didn't really like. I guess I lean more on the you're out and floating in space. Okay, you know again I often again going back to like Avengers, I think Infinity War when Tony yeah, almost okay. dies. So like I'm I have media references to being alone or being almost alone, about to die because of lack of resources while you're floating in space from other media types that I could draw on. Though the mecca part itself wasn't as interesting or relevant to me
1: that's funny that you, that's funny that you mentioned that that whole idea i'm, I, so it's, I'm actually re, i'm reading um i mentioned this in our discord i'm reading project hail mary by andy Weir, who also wrote the martian which is another thing about somebody being stranded in space and project hail mary is about somebody being stranded in space i love this trope so much about being stranded in space i love mecca stuff and but it all depends there's so many different genres of mecha anime so i'm not into the gundam stuff i'm not so i'm into you know some some different kind of stuff so one of my favorite anime is knights of sidonia so it's a very much newer style of anime where they lean on the trope of the mecha being stranded like in several episodes and then there's Voltron Legendary Defender on Netflix. There's a there's an episode where they get stranded in their mech. It's a very much it's a classic trope that I have watched a lot of anime about. And so I was able to lean into that a lot, but it's a, I got very tragic with it because that's typically how those episodes go, uh where it's like they do a lot of flashback scenes and everything. So, I don't know. I I feel like I had a great experience and I pulled from those anime tropes. So, Uh, no, that was that I I enjoyed that aspect of it. So I wanted to, so then I want to talk about our games a little bit. So, okay, because it's a shorter, uh, this is a shorter game, uh, we could talk about it. So, Michael, do you want to, can you, do you have your notes? Can you like give us the breakdown or, or just even if you don't have your notes, can you tell us? I don't
0: have the notes. What was your
1: game about?
0: So I. So, and that's one thing about the the game. Actually, there's there's a couple things like if I were to play it again, I would like homebrew ha- homebrew and hack a couple things to make it a little bit better for me. Okay, and one is that I didn't have a strong sense of who my character was before uh. I started because all you really create is your name and your call sign. And then yeah, you know, part of the game is you 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 figure that out through these prompts. But I would have liked just a little bit more because I feel like my first couple of uh, prompts that I was going through, they didn't contradict each other, but they also didn't complement each other. And it wasn't until like my third or fourth one that I really got an idea of who my character was. Um, You know, again, the same thing, I wanted to die. I wanted it to be tragic. Um, And I, I kind of put myself as he was sort of like an ace, kind of a jerk. And he wasn't necessarily into the war because he believed in it, but just he was good at it. And so, you know, he didn't reflect a lot until now on all the enemies he had killed and, you know, all the 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 tragedy he had wrought. And then, you know, I think like my final transmission is like, but what was it all for? Like like did we actually accomplish anything? You know, okay. like again, war. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Basically what I was going for. Um, so I think I would have liked that just a little bit more to have a little bit better sense before I start that. Cause I I kind of feel like once you start down that, it's harder to course correct because you have at most 10 rounds you know if if you get that far um the other thing i would do again, just to, to again throw out an idea is kind of like what you said where like your bottom row of cards you you sort of extrapolated that many was like your lower extremities i actually would like that codified okay have, you have five rows or five columns like just tell me like this one's life support this one's heating this like whatever you know give me five categories so that i can like, like you said, like the prompt is, you know, life support is barely hanging on. I don't know if I can get there or cooling. It's getting hot, whatever the case may be. That would have helped me. You did it yourself without that prompting, but I I actually would like just that thrown in. Um, you know, again, it could be an optional or not, but anyways, I don't, know. I don't know if I answered your question. No,
1: no, you totally did. I think you bring up a good point. That's really interesting. The whole idea that you would have liked some stuff to be more codified is interesting to me because you really, you knew what solo RPGs was, but this is like your very first real experience playing them. So it's very tough. So I've played a few of them. So I have this idea and I'm a very much more um, expressive person when it comes to like personal writing and stuff like that. Like, so I have no problem like really getting into what I'm doing right now and I can I don't need that kind I don't need that kind of stuff, but I think that comes from the idea that I've played other solo games before. So I actually think that I, I mentioned this to you uh on when we were just chatting about this. I think that this was a good game to start out with because if you feel like you needed more codified stuff with this game, like other solo RPGs just would not work. Like, a mm. lot of them are very much just, like, journaling with prompts. And so, no, but I I love that idea of, like, because to me this is, like, the... This is the mechanical solo RPG that I've always wanted. And I love the idea of adding those rows, like you mentioned, to that. I don't know. Just even if it was just a visualization, that would be cool. Mm.
0: So... Oh, go ahead. So I do want to touch on, because it is also a two-player game Ah, there's a version where you can have a rescuer and rather than you just sort of calling out into the void you're actively communicating with another player and they can like they will actually draw cards to give you the prompt i believe so rather than like thinking like what you know why did i do this for you may have the rescuer trying to keep like maybe you're running low on oxygen you're like you know stay with me stay with me tell me about the time this and you know i neither we didn't play that version but we read the rules and do you think that it would be a better game two player or the same experience or a lesser experience in your opinion?
1: I think the fact that we really haven't even talked about the two player aspect of this game kind of speaks for itself. It, I feel like this game is meant to be played by one player and I feel like the two player rules are, there if you absolutely want to play it with somebody. So or if you don't feel comfortable playing a game by yourself. I think they're there to give you that option, but I think playing it two players takes something away from the experience that I think that the and that uh Sheamus was trying to communicate by writing this game, which I don't know if that's what they were really trying to communicate, but I really do think that they wanted people to have that kind of retrospective experience that you can only get through, to, through inner monologue. So.
0: Yeah, I think that's again, maybe one area where just my brain can't quite get out of its own way. Cause I feel like the medium that this game is presenting is that you're talking on a communication device, but but you're writing from the prompt. And those are not the same things. At least for me, they're not, I definitely would verbalize differently than I would write. I tried to kind of combine them together by verbalizing first and then writing what I verbalized. So I kind of like, kind of wish that the prompts were rather than these questions, were they a prompt of like, this is what the rescuer says. Uh. Like, and like so rather than saying like you know tell me but tell me about time is it written give me a uh, are you still there buddy you know you gotta keep talking to me i need you to keep talking tell me about this like and just make it more like someone was being that other person even though it's still a solo experience i would have liked that better which makes me think i actually would enjoy the two-player version of this if I kind of feel like, I don't know, it would be like a weird hybrid. Like, I wouldn't want to know what the question you're asking is. So, and I think maybe because I only read that part one time, maybe that is how it would work. I kind of like the idea of you asking me a question and then I just verbalize my answer Um, because as a role player and an improviser, I think that would be a lot more fun. And it would feel like because like when you're writing, you can take your time, you can set back, you can you know you can race and 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 you know really pour your heart into it, which is great. But of an experience of you're actually talking to someone, it would be probably more immediate. And I think that would be a fun aspect. So I actually would kind of like to try this as a two player sometime.
1: I and knowing you, I think it may work well for you for a two player game. I think you may get more out of it. Me, I'm more of an emotional role player, so uh, I. Play, that's why solo RPGs really work for me because I feel I can I can get really emotional and deep with them and not have other people stepping into my feelings like they just <laughs> I can just be what I want to do. Um, sure. So the it was funny too. I think the the difference here in our style of games. You mentioned for your game you felt like you wanted to know more about your character before you jumped in. I. My character definitely evolved from where I thought they were when I first started playing it. So my game was very much a it was a mech pilot who has the war is over at this point. And he basically was shot down. I got really lucky on my draw. I was like, why or why why how'd your mecha get wrecked? So I got to write that, which I was super glad of. I got that prompt. Basically, he's kind of in like just guard duty you know, guarding, trading routes in space because he got in at such a young age. That's his life. The war's over, though. And instead of taking early retirement, and he was just kind of kept on going and just doing what he could because this is what he knew. Uh So it was funny because I kept on talking about how I wish I would have retired even though I was a younger character. like, Like, you know, like... 35, 40. I I'm I'm so like I could have retired already. What am I doing out here? And then and then what made it so great was because I got to the point where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna survive. And I started writing about all this stuff. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get back. I'm gonna take this retirement and everything. Like I'm gonna change my life. And then that was when the next round, I I died. And I was just like, so there it was it was awesome too because I my dog I just write whatever comes to my mind right away. I try not to think about it when I'm doing solo RPGs. My dog is laying out in front of me. And so I started in my RPG, I wrote my character has a dog and he he's he's sad that he's left his dog with his caretakers for so long and he can't wait to get back. So my final transmission, it was very depressing. It was me writing a note for how to take care of my dog. For whoever finds them. And I started writing my last sentence before it, like, I ch- cut out my transmission. I started telling where they could find my dog's favorite park to take him. And I di- <laughs> wasn't able to write that because my mech exploded. Oh. I know, right? So sad. I know so what sad. you start talking about dogs and stuff. And it's did, just,
0: did you name your dog? Was I your did. Dog my name dog's name game? was
1: Jet. So Jet, I was like,
0: very, very appropriate. Yeah.
1: So I was like, that's a cool, that's something a pilot would name their dog. So. Yes. Anyway,
0: all right. That's it. So I think yeah, I think that's it. Um so we're going to give a rating here. So again, we we didn't do the breakdown like art and layout and crunch and fluff cuz we didn't think it was really necessary for a t- this type of game. So we're just going to give it an overall rating. Uh, I will also point out that, again, both Tom and I got free copies. Seamus sent us links so we could download them for free. But both of these games are, are the game is currently available in two places, on Itch.io as well as Drive-Thru RPG. It is $7 in PDF on both. If you go to Drive Through, there's a print option for $10. There's a print plus PDF op- op- option that is normally $17, but it is currently on sale for $10 as well. So you can basically get print and PDF for ten dollars. I, I believe shipping shipping is extra, but don't quote me on that for sure. I will also mention if you go to drive through RPG to pick up this game, use our link, and then we get a small percentage of that as well. So I'll put that in our show notes. So Tom, I'm going to start with you. Again, we have our rating basically goes C minus all the way to A plus. Yeah, where does this fall for you?
1: So for me, I'm so I'm going to go ahead and. I'm going to give it an A because of I had such a good experience playing this game. And what makes it such a high rating for me is that this is a game that I would absolutely recommend somebody play for their first solo RPG. So don't get me wrong. Before I, so I would recommend Artifact before and I love Artifact so much. And it's such a great game. But for somebody who's going to play their very first solo RPG, I, this is such a good gateway into it. It just worked so well for me. Um, yeah, there was issues with the, I think that it's what's, what's keeping this from being like, the most amazing thing ever was there was just some some issues with how the information was presented and i already have an issue it's it's hard for me to process information sometimes so it's so that was kind of tricky for me but overall i just i i really did i enjoyed this game so much it was a like top tier experience for me
0: all right. Very cool. So again, this was my first true experience with a solo RPG, so I don't really have anything to measure it against. But the the size of the game, the cost of the game, my enjoyment of the game, my nitpicks and frustrations with how some of the material, again, was presented, though overall I had a really good time with it, I came in at a B plus. Okay. I definitely recommend this game. For $7, I absolutely think it is worth that. If you only play it one time, I definitely think it is worth a $7 price point. I, again, this is a game that is my first experience. It it worked well. The, my nitpicks aside, I think it gives you everything that you need. I'm not particularly a fan of Mecha, but the Lost <laughs> in Space sort of thing yeah, does okay, work I get for that. me. So if you are someone who's into Mecha, then it might even up your your rating even a little bit. So yeah, I think B-plus is a great place for this game to fall. Um, Yeah, I think it's solid. I hope people will check it out. Again, if you do, there'll be links in our show notes both to the Itch page and also the drop-through page. If you use the drop-through one, we will get a small percentage. Uh, It doesn't lessen... Seamus is cut, but we will get a little bit, uh, on for referring you there. Uh, so once again, thank you to Seamus for sending us the game. I really appreciate it. I had a great time playing and, uh, I probably will revisit again doing the audio version. Maybe at some point in time, we'll do a a two person, maybe another time when Tom's in a hotel, nothing to do. We'll, We'll break it out just to see how it goes. Um, so any final thoughts from you, Tom? And also just wrap up, where can people find you on the interwebs if they want to come yell at you about your opinions?
1: Yeah, no, no, great. Come yell at me, folks. Uh, no, well, I think, yeah, definitely go check this game out. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I will play it again easily. So uh, I, it was great. So now yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at BezgarTop. That's Mandalorian Metal Tom.
0: And you can find me at the RPG Academy. You can email the show at the RPG or you can email the show at the RPG Academy at gmail.com. Like our stuff, subscribe, hit us up on Twitch and Facebook and all the places. Consider (laughs) joining our Patreon because it's a cool place to be. Join our Discord. You know the deal. Um, Come check out our stuff and engage with us where you can because we really, really appreciate that. So thanks. Before we go, remember, you're having fun. You're doing it right. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time.